We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Preborn. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection. And the majority of the time, she'll choose life. But they can't do it without our help. Preborn needs us, the pro-life community, to come alongside them. One ultrasound is just $28. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or visit preborn.com. The Bible, it's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for being with us today on Exploring the Word. And uh, Alex and I are again in reversal order. Alex is back in the studios in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee at the National Religious Broadcasters Meeting. And it's a joy to be with you today. Alex, how's the weather in Tupelo? Oh, it's a beautiful spring day. It feels so pleasant outside. And I'm just honored to be in the studio with Brent Austin and the crew and uh, as we said yesterday, it is rather unusual. You're the one on the road traveling, and I'm in the studio, and usually it's uh, opposite of that, isn't it? It is. As long as it's two or three times a year, I'm all right with that. I couldn't keep your schedule if I tried. And speaking of schedules, yes. we've got a guy in, here in Nashville that we're going to be with. He's been with us before, and I'll just lay it out. He's one of my favorite people to talk with and be around and uh, because, you know, I, we love the church, we love the kingdom, and sometimes we're so isolated in our little area of, of God's kingdom that we don't know what our brothers and sisters are doing in other places. And Todd Nettleton with Voice yeah. of the Martyr is going to be with us, and we're going to be hearing what God is doing, and we're also going to be hearing about how these people are coming up against difficulty and how God is ruling and reigning. So Alex, uh, it's always good to be with you, but today with Todd being with us, uh, I, I have to admit I'm extremely excited about the program today. Well, indeed, we appreciate all that he does, and you're right, we do need to know about what's going on in the the world and the, the persecuted church. And Todd, you've been gracious to be with us, and we appreciate your ministry you know, on behalf of Exploring the Word in AFA, let, let us say how much we value the work you do, my friend. Well, thank you so much. It's I always look forward to these conversations as well, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The last time you were on, we were talking about the book you had written. I, I saw it advertised again, so it's still going, it's brother. It's still going. You can still get the book. <laughs> tell us, tell us where people tell us about Voice of the. We may have people that do not know First about time, the Voice yeah. of the Martyrs and about the book. So let us hear that. Well, the Voice of the Martyrs is a ministry to persecuted Christians. So now, fifty plus years, I think we're fifty-seven, fifty-eight years now, ministering to persecuted Christians around the world. Today, that means in more than seventy countries, where our brothers and sisters, members of our family, suffer for doing the things that we take for granted, for having a Bible, for gathering with other believers to study the Bible, to worship together. Those are things in, in many places that will get you beaten, will get you fired from your job, will get you thrown in prison, might even get you killed. Uh, and so the Voice of the Martyr seeks to serve those brothers and sisters, and we do that through 
persecution response, helping in cases of persecution. Hey, somebody was injured. They need medical care. Okay, Voice of the Martyrs can help with that. We also deliver Bibles, more than a million Bibles a year into hostile and restricted nations. The third area of our international ministry is what we call frontline ministry, and that is equipping and encouraging church planters and gospel workers to spread the gospel, to win their persecutors for Christ. Uh, and then in the free world, we do exactly what we're doing now. We, we tell the stories of our brothers and sisters to help people know what's going on, to help them pray. Uh, Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember those in prison as if you were in prison with them. If we don't know their names, if we don't know where they're at, if we don't know they're in prison, how can we possibly remember them? That's what Voice of the Martyrs does. Alex, when I hear that, uh, I'm so glad to be a part of God's kingdom, aren't you? I really am. I really am. And Todd, I was looking at the book online, When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Front Lines with Persecuted Christians. I got to say, it's very inspiring, but it's also convicting because it makes me realize that um, we, even with all of the challenges, we have it really good in America, and we need to be bold and vocal for the Christian faith because many around the world are being very courageous and bold, and they don't have it nearly as good as we do. They don't have it nearly as good as we do, and, and I think every story you hear of a persecuted Christian is an opportunity to say, what would I do? You know, if they put a gun to my head and said, are you a Muslim or a Christian? And you knew that the right answer was Muslim and the wrong answer gets you shot. Well, what would I do in that situation? And I think for us and just for myself being honest, you're like, man, I know what the right answer is. I know what I want to say I would do. But nobody's ever put a gun to my head, and I've never had to face that question. And so what that does is it drives me into the Scripture, and it drives me into prayer to say, Lord, I know what the right answer is. Help me to be able to give that answer when the gun is pointed at me, when it is in that situation. And for most of us who are American Christians, we're not going to have a gun pointed at us. But it, it could be true that we're going to get mocked. It could be true we're going to get laughed at. It could be true we're going to lose our job. Are we ready to stand up to that? And so I think all of these stories, and my book has 40 of them, 40 persecuted Christians that I've met over the last 25 years working at Voice of the Martyrs, every single one of those stories is, hey, what would I do in that situation? And like I say, it drives you to the Bible, it drives you to prayer, and, and that's a good response. That, that's a great outcome. Amen. And you trust him to give you what you need at that point in time. You do. I, I always think of yeah. a lady named Hanali Gronwald. Her family was martyred in Afghanistan. Her husband, two teenage children. Hanali, out of that, said, uh, you know, I still love the Afghan people. I still love the Lord. Amazing faithfulness. But she said that the grace to go through that experience was given to her literally in the hours before the attack on her home. And she compared it to a boarding pass. You know, you don't get your boarding pass to get on the plane a year before the flight. If it was me, I would lose it in a year. You get your boarding pass when you go to the airport, when you're getting ready to get on the plane. She said the grace of God to go through that experience was like a boarding pass, and he gave it to her right before that experience. And so I take great comfort in that because, I, like I say, I've never been in that situation. But if God would be planned to allow me to be in that situation, he would give me the boarding pass. He would give me the grace to go through it. Alex, one thing we want to do is go through some countries right now, and here's what I want those of you who are listening. Get a piece of paper, write down these countries, and it may be even a name of an individual, 
and write them down because, uh, Todd, we have a lot of prayer warriors that listen to Explore the Word. And so we want to go over this, Alex. If that's, uh, that's uh, Todd and I, we talked about it. And, and, you know, we hear the 10 most persecuted nations or the 20. Uh, we're, we're talking about those that jump first to the list or those that drop down. But we want to hear these stories and of these, uh, these uh, areas. And again, we want to be praying for them and asking God to, to help us to be mindful of them and praying for our brothers and sisters. So, Todd, where do we go to first? You know, I, I want to start out—this <laughs> is going to seem odd because it's not at the top of most people's list of persecuted countries, but I want to start out in northern Mozambique. And there is an Islamic insurgency going on there. Uh, they are called al-Shabaab. It is not the same as al-Shabaab in Somalia, uh, but that's kind of the, the local term that they use for the insurgents. They have declared an Islamic— caliphate, essentially, an Islamic nation in northern Mozambique. Uh, And I was texting with one of our staff in Africa literally this morning, and I said, hey, I'm going to be live on American Family Radio this afternoon. Is there something going on that that we can specifically pray for? And he said, please pray for northern Mozambique. Um, there There is active fighting, literally active fighting, as this Islamic insurgency is going forward. In the last couple of weeks, 11 churches have been burned down. Uh, there are four pastors right now that, that went to an area, uh, and then fighting broke out in that area. And, and as of right now, their ministry, they don't have contact with them. They don't know what has happened to these four pastors. They don't know what's going on with them. So I just want to encourage people to pray for Northern Mozambique. One of the things that is happening is this insurgency is, just, just like I talked about, has never happened to me. They are testing people. Are you a Christian or a Muslim? Christians are beheaded. Muslims go on. They literally are boarding buses at checkpoints and going passenger by passenger by passenger. Are you a Christian or Muslim? If you're a Christian, you get a chance to convert, and then you get killed. One of our partners was on a bus that got stopped at one of these checkpoints, and they asked the bus driver, do you have any Christians on the bus? He said, no, no, all my passengers are Muslims. And then he kind of paid him a bribe, and thankfully, they let the bus go through. They didn't go person by person down the aisle. So... That that level of abuse, that level of persecution is something, like I say, it's, it's not on our radar. We don't think of northern Mozambique as, as really a hotbed of persecution. But right now, it is a hotbed, and our brothers and sisters there are at grave risk, uh, literally as we're having this conversation. Alex, I want you, I know you have a question, but I, I wanted to say, those of you that have a, a map, a world, uh, an atlas, a globe, Go to Africa and see where Mozambique is. Uh, is it in Central Africa mostly? It is on the, uh, let's see, the East Coast, kind of about halfway down, a little more than halfway down the continent of Africa. The reason I say that, the northern part of Africa has been strongly Muslim for years and years with some fighting. The southern part has had that influence, but basically has had, had more freedom for the Christians. But Mozambique is right there on, that, on, the fault on line. that fault line. And so you we see pray that line every year going further and further south. You do. It is you one do. of the things that we watch as we watch the continent of Africa, as we watch where persecution is happening. That line goes south every year, and it seems to run from west to east right across the continent of Africa. And every year it's a little further south. And like you say, now it's northern Mozambique. And they are moving further south, even in Mozambique. So uh, it is definitely something that we want to have on our prayer list. Uh, Todd, Alex here. Um, do you see uh, the the window of freedom in America 
uh, potentially closing to, you know, it's sad there are people where it's illegal to share the gospel, and yet they do. And here in America, at least, it's still legal to be a witness for Christ, and professed believers don't. Uh, Could there be a day, and I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but could there be a day when we are not free to share the gospel of salvation here in the USA? You know, I think the way I would answer that question, and I don't want to be doom and gloom either, but but what Paul writes in 2 Timothy, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will endure persecution. Um, we as American Christians, most of us read that verse and think, well, that he must be talking about somebody else <laughs> because because that hasn't been our experience. But as you look at the way our cultural winds are blowing, uh, as you see things that are completely opposed to biblical truth, uh, gaining steam in the culture, uh, I think it's I don't think it's hard to see a day when it is a challenge to be a Christian. And I think we already have to think of ourselves as counterculture instead of sort of being able to float along with the culture and say, yeah, yeah, it's a Christian culture. Yeah, I'm a Christian, too. Um, and and I, think, I think the important thing, and I think about this more and more now as a grandpa, is how are we raising up our children? How are we raising up our grandchildren? so that they can stand strong in a culture that is completely opposed to the gospel. And one of the places I think about is the Islamic Republic of Iran. And I love to say the full name, the Islamic Republic of Iran, is the site of the fastest growing church in the world. (laughs) So, So what the government says has very little to do with church growth, because if it did, there would be no church growth in the Islamic Republic of Iran. But it's the site of the fastest growing church in the world. And I think we need to understand that the government will do what the government is going to do. We're still called to do what God has called us to do. And and I'm not anti-vote. I think we all should vote. But I don't think we should count on the government to further the goals of of Jesus in our communities, in our neighborhoods. He put us in our communities Amen. to do that. <laughs> and Amen. so that's our job. Um, and, and so that's the thing that I, I think, again, just— training up young people, being ready to stand firm, and and understanding that we have a role to play. Amen. You're listening to Exploring the Word and in place of Bible study. We're at NRB, and we do interviews. Our guest is Todd Nettleton with Voice of the Martyrs, and we're going to hear some more about other countries in uh, the world that we can pray for. Stay tuned for more here on Exploring the Word. If you're like most of us, you're paying way too much for health care. That's why I want to tell you about a ministry that has been meeting the health care needs of hundreds and thousands of Christians, and that's Christian Health Care Ministries, chministries.org. Christian Health Care Ministries is cost-sharing made easy. For over 40 years, this unique model has allowed believers to choose their own doctors without worrying about networks or waiting periods since they're not an insurance, but a faith-based alternative to insurance. Members not only get advantages from the affordability, flexibility, and reliability of CHM, but they also receive access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It's no surprise that doctors across the country appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. It all starts with a visit to chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries, 
dot org slash AFR. Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest serving health share ministry serving all 50 states. Share the good news with a friend too. chministries.com slash AFR. Make the switch today with any time enrollment. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Hey, all the world starts changing when the church does it. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. We're coming to you simultaneously from Tupelo, Mississippi, to the whole wide world, and also from Nashville, Tennessee, to the whole wide world. This is Alex McFarland along with Bert Harper and our very special guest, Todd Nettleton of Voice of the Martyrs. And, uh, you know, guys, I was thinking, Todd, as, as you and, and Bert and I were speaking, in Colossians 4.18, Paul wrapping up the book of Colossians, one of my favorite New Testament books. But he says, you know, I've written this with my own hand. And Paul said, remember my chains or remember my bonds. Grace be with you. To pray for Christians under persecution, to to be informed and be mindful of what's going on in the rest of the body of Christ and to be uh, interceding for each other, especially those that are even incarcerated for the sake of the gospel. This goes all the way back to the early church and even to the Apostle Paul, doesn't it, Todd? It, it does. And it's, you know, we sometimes look at persecution and think, well, how, you know, how could this be happening? How, what, what's going on? And, but then you look in the scripture and it's, it's exactly what was promised. You know, Jesus said, the world hates me. If you follow me, the world will hate you too. And again, as American believers, we look at that and we're like, well, that's not been our experience. That doesn't mean it's not in the Bible, and it doesn't mean it's not true. We need to understand this is a part of following Christ. And and we and the freedom that we enjoy, we are a tiny minority in the family of God who enjoy so much freedom and so much benefit. We need to be connected. We need to be in fellowship with our brothers and sisters who don't have that freedom. I say this quite often, and I do believe it. One of the reasons America is still a nation that it is is because I know the church has not been and is not what it needs to be. We need revival, but we're still sending missionaries around the world. And I really believe one of the most effective ways of helping America for us as believers is, yes, pray, yes, share our faith. But be a part of missions because yes. no no other nation has ever done what America has done in that area, and uh, I believe that with all my heart. But we're also going around talking about some countries in the world, our brothers and sisters that need our prayer. First was Mozambique, that's in Central Africa, especially northern Mozambique, where Christians are really being persecuted. Four pastors don't know where they are. So be praying for them. What about another country, Todd? Let's talk about India for a second, because Voice of the Martyrs, every year we classify the countries where Christians are persecuted, and we talk about either restricted nations or hostile areas. So a restricted nation essentially is where the government is the persecutor. Hostile area, maybe the government at least says the right things about religious freedom, but in that country, maybe it's your family, maybe it's a terrorist group, somebody is persecuting Christians not necessarily the government. This month, we have actually changed the way we classify India. So when we started these classifications back in 2001, 
Ever since then, India has been a hostile area. The government, the Constitution protects religious freedom. The government, if you end up in court, eventually, probably you'll find justice. But there were radical Hindus and there were other groups that were persecuting Christians. Right now, we can say the government is driving the persecution. Uh, Prime Minister Modi is a Hindu nationalist. He came out of the RSS, the Hindu nationalist movement there. They will talk about and, and there are government ministers who will talk about India being a Hindu nation. Literally, they will use the phrase Hindu soil. The soil of India is Hindu soil. Yeah. If you're not a Hindu, you don't really have a place here. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Prime Minister Modi presided at the dedication of a new Hindu temple built on the ruins of a mosque that was burned by a mob about 30 years ago. So the, the message very clearly is Hinduism is greater than Islam. Hinduism is what should be here. We're in charge. And there's a political aspect of this, too, because Prime Minister Modi is running for re-election. They will have national elections in April and May of this year. He wants a third term. Persecution has increased over his first and second terms. And so Christians in India look at this election and they're like, OK, if, if he gets reelected, it's going to get even harder to be a Christian in India. That's a place, again, I want to add to our listeners' prayer list. Let me say a word about that right now. We have friends uh, that's ministering in India. They're missionaries there. And uh, they even had the government come and question them about people. And uh, I, I just want to tell you right now, make that a matter of prayer. Yeah. Uh, and there's many of them over there, a lot of the people that I've had the privilege of interviewing on the other program that I do, Exploring Missions, many of them are from India where they've had ministry, and they've had to uh, close some of it down, even mm -hmm. them taking care of their children and getting the children off of the streets. They want to shut those people yep. down and let those children just die. So, Alex, India is a priority for prayer, brother. Yeah, you know, Todd, let me say this. Um, uh, well, let me ask you, do you recall in the fall of, I think it was 2020, it might have been, I'm sorry, 2000 or 2001, Amsterdam 2000, the big Billy Graham? Uh, you might have been there. I was, I was not there, but I do recall hearing about it. Yeah, I, I was there, and there were 10,000 evangelists from all over the world, and there there weren't that many from the USA, but they were from all other nations, and the Billy Graham ministry had just wonderfully gotten evangelists from around the globe. And I remember I was in Amsterdam, myself and some uh, American evangelists. We were talking to some brothers from India, and they said that one of their men that was going to come to Amsterdam 2000 some militant Hindus had abducted him. They knew he was an evangelist and a Christian preacher and had beheaded him. And I know this is hard to hear, folks, but I want you to understand this. This is really true, that they um, gave the body to the family but not the head because it was very demoralizing to bury a body without the head. They were trying to humiliate. And they said they had a service, and they decided to come on to the Billy Graham Conference uh, because their brother would have wanted them to continue on. And then um, Franklin Graham showed a, a video of, in the Sudan, hundreds of thousands of Christians that had been martyred. My point is this, I remember, and that's been 20 years ago, but I was just on my knees thanking the Lord Jesus that we have the freedom in America. I mean, somebody might, uh, you know, slam the door in your face one time, but, you know, not going to 
physically harm you. And I just, it's always resonated with me how many Christians around the world, they serve Jesus, they share the gospel at great personal cost. And I don't know, as an American, it motivates me that we should be all about evangelizing and discipling people. Um, while I'm not going to say it's easy, but I'm saying while we have the open window of opportunity, because many people around the world, their stand for Christ, they pay with their very life. I'm reminded, as you say that, of a, a Pakistani evangelist who, when I first started at VOM, so 25-plus years ago, uh, he shared, and when he gave an altar call, instead of saying, hey, come forward and, and receive Jesus, he would say, okay, stand up and raise your hand, but then with your other hand, I want you to put it around your throat. And the message was, yes, I'm answering the call to serve Jesus, and yes, I understand what it's going to cost me. It could wow. cost me my life. And that's the mentality of our brothers and sisters in hostile and restricted nations is, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus, and yes, it will cost me something. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I understand that from the very first day, this is going to cost me. And one of the great things about when you when that's your path to faith and then hard times come— you were expecting them. You're not shocked by them. You're not particularly knocked off course by them because you thought, yeah, I, I knew it would cost me. One of the challenges for us, I think, sometimes is we come to Jesus with the idea that our life will get better here on earth. And so when hard times come, and they come for all of us, it may not be persecution, it may be some other kind of hard times, but when hard times come, we're like, wait a minute, I, I didn't think this was going to happen to me. Yeah. Hey, that Bert. is really a key thing for us to understand. Yes, hard times are going to come. We need to count the cost ahead of time and say, I will follow Jesus even in the hard times. Bert, don't you think as ministers and as Christians, we, we need to really give people full disclosure and say, look, if you come to Christ and if you really live full out for the Lord Jesus, um, you can expect persecution and challenges. It's not just uh, milk and cookies every day. Uh, a full-out Christian there, there's commitment and there's a price to pay. Don't you think we need to share that, Bert? We do. I had someone to tell me, uh, say, uh, they told me that, listen, following Christ is more than just you walking down the aisle saying that prayer. It is surrender. And Amen. I've told this story before as well. Joseph Son, who is a great, great pastor in Romania during the uh, time of the Iron Curtain, and uh, Dr. Bobby Moore went over there to preach uh, not long after it fell. And uh, Dr. Bobby would say, let's commit our lives to Christ. And the translator couldn't translate that. It just It's more than a commitment. It is a surrender. And uh, Joseph Son took Bobby Moore aside and said, when you commit something, you retain ownership. But when you surrender, it's someone else's. Mm. we're to live surrendered lives. It's Amen. not my own. It is Christ. We've been bought with a price, and I know I'm preaching right now, but it is true. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in our bodies. And it's up to him to let us travel the road that he's chosen for us. I, I want to get to another nation if we could because we're praying for Mozambique, India. We've talked about Pakistan. We've talked about Iran. What's the official name of Iran? I want to make sure. The I need Islamic to Republic of Iran. Yeah, I need the to remember The fastest growing church in the world. Isn't that a, that's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go over that. How, how is that happening, Todd? You know, 
I have had Iranian Christians who tell me the greatest Christian missionary in the history of Iran is Ayatollah Khomeini. And you say, wait a minute, he led the Islamic Revolution. How could he be the greatest Christian missionary? Well, he showed the true face of Islam. And the people in Iran have now lived under that for 40 years. They see the corruption. It has one of the highest drug addiction rates in the world. The people are fed up. And they say, well, if this is what Islam produces, I don't want that. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, What else? What are the other options? And so ministries like Iran Alive Ministries, one of our partners at VOM, they are broadcasting the gospel into Iran 24-7. There are others who are doing the same thing. And Iranians are flipping through the channels and saying, "I, I don't like Islam. They see a Christian message. They see the message of salvation. They see Jesus who loves them enough to die for them. And they say, I'm going to give that a try. I, I want to try that. That sounds good. That's why the church is growing so fast in Iran. And like I say, it comes back to the Islamic Republic and the people saying the Islamic Republic is not working. What else is out there? Okay. Give us another nation, if you don't mind. I'm not I, sure. I, I want to share about China because there has been a shift in the persecution in China over the last about 18 months. Since the beginning of last year, We haven't seen any church leaders charged with what you would call religious crimes, illegal religious gathering, or using a church to undermine national security. That hasn't been the charges. When a Christian has gotten arrested for the last year, all of the charges have been financial charges. They've been charged with fraud. They've been charged with illegal business practices. They've been charged with money laundering. And it's an interesting strategy by the Chinese government. Now, in one sense— it's true from a perspective because an unregistered church in China has no legal basis. It doesn't exist legally. And so if you say, well, I'm collecting offerings for my church, they say, well, what church is that? And you say, well, I don't have any documents. I don't have any papers. Okay, well, then that's fraud. That's what the government would say. The other thing about it, though, is it is a clear effort to hide what they're doing. Because if you or I call the Chinese embassy and say, hey, why did that pastor get thrown in prison? Why, why are you persecuting Christians? The embassy will tell us, oh, no, 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 no. We're not persecuting Christians. We're, we're taking on fraud. We're fighting financial crimes. This has nothing to do with religion. And so it is a strategy. And, and you know, the famous, I, I think it was in, in Watergate, follow the money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're following the money. But they, it's also a strategy to hide the persecution of our brothers and sisters. But we won't let them do that. We won't let them hide it. We're going to tell the world they are still persecuting. In fact, it is getting worse in China than it was five or 10 years ago. And President Xi Jinping has really been the driver of that. He was, before he was president, he was a provincial authority, a provincial president, and his province was known as a hotbed of Christian persecution. He was one who really cracked down on the church in his province. I think he sees that as part of his success. Like, look, now I'm the president of the whole country because I controlled the church, because I controlled religious expression. He has brought that to the national level now, and Beijing is driving this in every province of China all around the country. They're sending training officers out from Beijing to say, hey, this is how you control religion, which means this is how you persecute Christians. Uh, And so China has gotten significantly more difficult in the last several years than it was 10 or 15 years ago. Alex, we, we've known that. You've got to go back, and we're not going to rehearse the history, but praise God for the missionaries that was there 
before Japan came in, and then when the communists took over, the church went underground, and it expanded. It grew. So I wanted to make sure we get this in. The gospel, it grows under all conditions. It does. Isn't, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Whether it's in China or Iran or in America. But missions, i got to get this, is best in yes. freedom. And yep. that's one of the reasons in America we stand as those pastors that say they don't want to get in, involved in all of that. Listen, uh, part of what we do is because of missions. And the freedom we have helps us to carry out the missions, just like American Family Radio in this program we're doing. Amen. So we need to stay on the firing line praying and seeking the Lord and praying for these countries, Alex. We do. Todd, um, th- this might be a little off topic, I hope not, but like the LGBTQ trans message, and I know there's laws against conversion therapy. In other words, like you can't tell sinners to repent. To what degree around the world has the political lobby of the LGBTQ trans silenced the church and the message oh. of salvation? Well, we hear that music, so we're going to save that for the next segment. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with more and pray for these countries and ask God to do a great work in their lives as God continues to bless America and send missionaries around the world. We'd like to thank our sponsors, including Preborn. Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day, their network clinics rescue 200 babies. Will you join Preborn in loving and supporting young moms in crisis? Save a life today. Go to preborn.com. You're listening to Exploring the Word. Hope that lifts me from despair. Love that casts out every fear. Now, back to the Bible study with Alex and Bert on American Family Radio. We're so thankful you could be a part of Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. What a, what a privilege it is to be a part of a ministry uh, that is changing the lives of people. And the gospel does that. Information does that. And we thank God for it. The Holy Spirit coming into a person's life that person becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. What a privilege. Our guest today is is Todd Nettleton. He is with Voice of the Martyrs. He's been with us before, and uh, he is one of those that I, man, we're going to get to have Todd. I always love it because I know he's got information. But there's going to be something that's coming up that people can be a part of. Is that what I understand? Yeah, we've got a virtual event coming up on March the 8th. It's a Friday evening, and uh, you can log on from wherever you are. We would encourage you, gather with your church. We're asking churches to host this, and we're going to have three amazing speakers, all of whom have had sort of a front row seat on radical Islam and what it means to follow Jesus in the midst of radical Islam we also have music from Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's going to be a great evening. Okay. And uh, so I, I would encourage people, it is free. So you can sign up. Our website is persecution.com. It's an easy one to remember, persecution.com. There's a banner ad right near the top of the page. It says, I am in virtual event. Sign up, host it at your church, watch with your family, watch with your small group. It's going to be a great evening, Friday night, March the 8th. Well, thank you, Todd. Alex asked that question before we went to the break, but before we do that, I want to give the phone number and give you what we're asking for today. 
Uh, the number is 888-589-8840. Today, we would, if you have a country that's on your heart that you would like to ask about, uh, you can name that country. Now, again, 70 countries, as Todd said earlier, is in that area of having some level of persecution, and you may want to know about that country. It may be a, a country of your ancestors, or it may be a country that you came from, and you want to ask about that, we'll try to do that as quickly as we can. Others may want to pray for a specific country. Now, we ask that your prayers be be, be, be precise. Uh, we're not saying one or two sentences, but again, uh, kind of so we can get as much as we can. We're praying specifically for a country. And if you have that on your heart and would love to do that, we'd love to have that. The number again is 888-589-8840. But Again, Todd, Brent, uh, Brent, wrong guy. It's Alex. Alex was asking about the situation with the LBGQ situation in all the world. Is it hindering? What What's going on? You know, I, that's certainly not my specialty, so I feel a little unqualified to answer. There, there are efforts to spread that ideology and and to push push it into places where it is not prevalent now. Um, Right now, I don't think of anything off the top of my head where that has directly resulted in persecution. Um, but I, like I say, it's not my area of expertise. Yeah. I found this out in my observation. In doing exploring missions, I try to keep up with the, some of it. And working with AF, uh, American Family Radio and American Family Association, mindful of the, what the political issues mm-hmm. are that day. Uh, the, here's what's weird. The more that a person, uh, a nation feels like they're civilized, the greater the possibility. In reality, it's less civilized. And, and I say that truthfully because part of civilization is our, our true identity. Mm-hmm. That's where we get that from. And so we want to pray for those countries that are fighting against that, that it would not be a hindrance and, and a weapon used by government. Alex? Uh, I, I know if we don't get any calls, we'll keep going through countries that we want to pray for. Uh, but go ahead, Alex. Well, first of all, I want to go to Illinois, and uh, we're, we've got Larry from Illinois. Thank you for holding, and welcome to our conversation with Todd Nettleton. Larry, you're on. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to pray for the country of Nigeria. I have a good friend who's there. He was with me in Korea when I pastored there. Uh, he's Bishop... Uh, Jizzy Marks, and uh, I'll just make it brief. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to protect uh, Brother Marks, Bishop Marks, and protect those uh, ministers and churches that he is working with. Cause them, God, to be a light for the gospel, Lord, and help them to reach souls, and help them, Lord, uh, just to, to convert some of those who are trying to persecute them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Larry, thank you. Uh, that that's powerful, and uh, Nigeria is one country we have a lot of interest in. Todd, that's Let, important. Yeah, Todd, you got an update on it, Nigeria? It's interesting because Nigeria is the last country I have on my list. It is one that we have seen attacks even in the last several weeks. There were a significant attacks in multiple villages on Christmas Eve, uh, and and that is very intentional. Oh, Christians are gathered together to celebrate the birth of Christ. What better time to make a statement against Christianity than to attack Christian villages on Christmas Eve 
that was very intentional. We have seen more attacks since then. And so this is particularly in the northern part of the country. And I would encourage you as you're praying, and I love it that we prayed for the bishop, pray for pastors in northern Nigeria. Many of them are literally sending their families away because it is not safe. Okay, I'm sending my wife, I'm sending my children further south they're staying. where they'll be protected. And I'm going to stay here because this is where God has called me to minister. Yes, I know it's dangerous. Yes, I know Boko Haram is in my village. I, I can see them. I know them. I know who they are. I know it's dangerous, but God has called me here. So I would encourage you, as you pray for Nigeria, especially pray for pastors and church leaders, because they are risking everything to keep on in ministry and to keep answering that call. And you can understand how many would think, man, it would be better to be with my family. It would be better to be safe. I want to make sure I'm alive to see my children grow up. Amen. All of that makes perfect sense, except if God has called you to stay. We need to pray that they'll have the courage and the strength and the fortitude, and they need to know that we're praying for them. They need to have that encouragement of, hey, yes, you're in a village in northern Nigeria that, that most of us couldn't find on a map, but mm. you're not by yourself because you have brothers and sisters around the world who are praying for you and who are standing with you. We're going to go to Louisiana. Richie in Louisiana, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. How are y'all today? Good. Thanks for calling. Uh, I had a question about uh, Ethiopia. I, I, in my studies, I see that they were practicing Christianity long before any of the European countries, and we just don't know a lot about them. What state are they in, and 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 how is Christianity doing in Ethiopia? There is a growing church in Ethiopia. Now, there, there is kind of two separate streams of Christianity. So you have the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, and then you have an evangelical stream. In some cases, an evangelical stream that is reaching Muslims. In some cases, it is reaching Orthodox uh, church members who are coming out of that and saying, wait a minute, I'm going to follow a, a biblical pathway. I'm going to follow this biblical truth. Uh, and so one of the things that has happened, we know about a year and a half ago, there was civil war in Ethiopia. And one of the things that happened in the midst of that civil war was Christians were being targeted um, because you can hide. In, in the midst of a civil war, if a church gets blown up, you don't say, oh, they blew up a church. You say, well, there's a war going on. If a pastor is killed, you don't say, well, the pastor was assassinated. You say, well, there's a war going on. You know, people are dying every day. That happened in Ethiopia, where, where we know that churches were targeted. We know that Christian leaders were targeted, but it was all kind of hiding behind the civil war. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up Ethiopia, and I would encourage people to continue to pray for the church there, especially for a move of God within the Orthodox Church, to really have a revival within the Orthodox Church, because that would be huge for the nation of Ethiopia. Don't Amen. you thank God for the Ethiopian eunuch that came to Jerusalem yes. to worship Alex? <laughs> Amen. 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 And, and Amen. you know, this is so exciting. And thank you, Richie, for that good call. Um, but, you know, when we pray for these countries, uh, many of which have a Christian uh, heritage that goes back to millennia, I feel, guys, it makes me feel a real connection to the Bible days, you know? But, um, we're going to go to Kentucky. Uh, crew, am I pronouncing that correctly? It says crew in Kentucky. Uh, it's true. Tango, true. Oh, like true. true okay. Well, well, thank you. Welcome to our conversation with Todd Nettleton. Thank you. I was wondering about Japan. 
You know, we don't list Japan on our list of countries where Christians are persecuted. But and so I don't know a lot about what goes on there. I do know Christians are a tiny minority within the country. I was reading an article the other day, and Japan is one of the top ten most most atheistic countries in the world. Interesting. Mm. It is. And I know the stories that I have heard of people who come to faith, there is often, it's not government persecution at all, but there is a family pressure like, hey, what, what are you doing? We're, we're the, you know, we don't follow that path, and now you're on that path. How can you be part of our family anymore? So I know that happens, uh, but like I say, it's not a country that we identify as a, a regular persecutor of our Christian brothers and sisters. One thing I'd remind people of, after World War II and the treaties were signed for peace, uh, General Douglas MacArthur gave out the, the notice and the cry for missionaries to leave America and go to Japan. Wow. The call was not heeded as well as it should have been. Uh, with all my heart, I don't think we would have had quite as many atheists there if we'd have heeded that call for missions. We don't need to. We uh, part, let me just say this. I want Todd to. I know we need to get back to prayer. Make it short if you can. But open doors when they come, we need to be ready, don't we? Well, you need to be ready. And uh, I'm a missionary kid, so you're you're singing out of my hymn book, man. I'm like, keep going, keep well, going. You know, these countries like Japan and Australia and France that are so secular and a high percentage of atheists uh, and huh, the United States, we need to really pray the Spirit of God will open eyes and people would turn from their atheism to belief in the Lord Jesus. Well, Dana in Texas. Dana, thanks for holding and welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, I wanted to say thank you to Todd for the VOM's uh, prayer calendar that y'all put out each year that I have on my refrigerator, and I do pray every day uh, for the little block that it says to pray for or who it says to pray for. And I also love the prayer journal that that you can get, too. And however the Lord moves me, I just open it up and, and I just pray for that country. I mean, I look at that country description and then they have notes on the other side and then I just pray for that country as I write it out so thank you for those two resources but um, my husband and I went to Burkina Faso in 2018 because our Compassion International child was fixing the exit from the program so we got to spend a day with him to do anything that he wanted to do and that was a real just a real joy and neat experience so my question to you Todd is if you know, can you tell? give me an update about the country of Burkina Faso? I can, uh, not with a lot of specificity, but I believe it was last year, it might have been the year before, we added Burkina Faso to our global prayer map because of an increase in persecution. And a lot of it is uh, Islamists coming across the border from Mali into the country and, and making attacks against Christians, against the church. Uh, but it is a country that we now consider a hostile area. It is a place where persecution is a regular part of following Jesus Christ. Again, especially out sort of away from the capital city. There are a lot of Christians that have come into the capital city fleeing from this persecution. Uh, and so one of the ways Voice of the Martyrs is involved there is helping some of these displaced Christians and especially helping pastors and church leaders know how to minister to them. Uh, I had a conversation on Voice of the Martyrs Radio just recently with uh, one of our field ministers in West Africa who is helping pastors deal with people who've been through trauma. 
And he's giving pastors a toolbox to say, hey, here's how you work with someone who has been persecuted severely. And they're carrying that trauma with them. Uh, Burkina Faso was actually one of the countries that he mentioned where this is happening. And so uh, it is a country that is on our prayer map. It is a place where our brothers and sisters are persecuted on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, Dana, thanks for that good call. Chuck, also in Texas. Chuck, thanks for holding. Welcome to our conversation with Todd Nettleton. Yes, uh, I wanted to uh, ask about uh, Cote d'Ivoire, the, the Ivory Coast. Um, I, I had friends that were missionaries there, but because of a lot of unrest, uh, they, they had to leave the country. Um, uh, they ministered uh, specifically to the, the Durapo tribe, uh, the, the Lobies there. And I was uh, curious what you knew about uh, the Ivory Coast. I don't know a lot. I don't believe at this point, I don't believe it is on our prayer map, but it is a place we're kind of watching. Uh, We talked earlier about that line of radical Islam that is going further and further south in on the continent of Africa. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire is one of the countries that's being impacted by that. And you see more and more radical Islam and you see Christians facing more and more pressure and even outright attacks and persecution. Um, So it is a place we're watching and we have some context there. Uh, But to my knowledge, and I I don't have our global prayer guide right in front of me, I should have brought a copy with me. Uh, I don't think it is on our prayer map in 2024. Wow. Well, Chuck, thank you very much. Uh, also in Texas, uh, Jana or Jana, which is it? Jana. Jana? It's Jana. Well, thank yes, you. Sir. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I was interested in knowing uh, my half of my family comes from Sister, a part. Sister, forgive me. I beg your forgiveness. I hear that music. But it was about the Czech Republic, right? Yes, sir. I'm so sorry. Uh, Todd? Quickly, a word about the Czech Republic, perhaps. There is a, we talked about missions. There's a great need for missionaries in the Czech Republic. It is one of those countries, the, the Soviet atheism has left a legacy there, and the gospel needs to move in and eradicate that legacy. And now's the time. Now's yes. the time. Well, Bert, isn't it exciting that missions are going forth and we get to be a part of it, and we're so grateful for Todd and Voice of the Martyrs, aren't we? Amen. Todd, again, thank you, brother. It's my and pleasure. If Thanks you don't know about me. Voice of the Martyrs, the website. Persecution.com. That's Check in, and I want to tell you, they'll give you a lot to pray about. We'll see you tomorrow on Exploring the Word. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. I want to thank our sponsors, Preborn and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day they save 200 babies' lives. But they can't do it without our help. Will you head over to preborn.com slash AFR and sponsor an ultrasound? Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest-serving healthcare cost-sharing ministry helping Christians pay for and pray for one another's medical bills. Make the switch today and start saving. Visit chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries.org slash AFR.